Welcome to the Ministry of Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. Our vision is bringing people into the full realization of their potential in God and our mission. Building a community of believers whose lifestyle positively influenced change in the society. Welcome to Lighthouse. Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthouseng.org. Thank you for joining today. Uh, we continue uh, our talk on the presence of the Lord, presence of the Lord. Um, I like to read again to us Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. I read it last week. Um, I still want to pick that as our test uh, for this series from uh, verse 12. Exodus 33 from verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, that's out of fellowship. That's what I want to also emphasize this morning. The need for us to develop our personal fellowship with the Lord. Because in that place of personal fellowship, that place, we call it quiet time, that time that is dedicated to the Lord to seek his heart, to seek his face. At that time that you read, you take time out to read and meditate in the word of God. There is a conversation that goes on in that place. So this is the kind of conversation he said, Moses said to the Lord. A lot of people in our world today where you say God or you can hear God, uh, they tend to look at you as a weird person. Because people are afraid when they mention the subject of God. A lot of the picture that people place in their heart is actually what happened to Israel. Whenever you mention God, a, a lot of us as human beings, we see what plays up to us the most is our inadequacies. So we are not able to press in. But hey, it says, seek his face forevermore. There is something that happens when you make that decision. And part of the things that happens to us, uh, I'm jumping the gun, but is to understand our righteousness in him. God is not waiting to judge us in that real sense. God wants us to draw near to him. We take a song shortly. He says, the songwriter wrote in that song, he said, the redeemer of my past and even my present wrongs, the hope of my future to come. God is not about to get us. So Moses said to the Lord, he said, you say to me, a lot of us, uh, by reason of maybe the religious teachings, by reason of the understanding of the God that we have, we don't expect to have this kind of conversation. And to help us today, 
our relationship, the new bad experience, actually opened us to tremendous opportunity to converse with God. You can't converse with him while you are driving, while you are having your, uh, your, your, your health um, things in the morning, your shower. You can converse with God if you are traveling on a ship, if you are on an airplane, even if you are sitting on the throne inside your bathroom. You can converse with him. Because why? God is not somebody that we are looking for. He has made you and I, by reason of our new bad experience, as the Bible says, we are the temple of God. In another place, it said we are the habitation of God through his spirit. So what God wants to commune with us constantly, consistently, God wants us to be his friend. So Moses was asking that question. He said, if indeed, if I have found favor, that's another level of conversation. He said, show me your glory. We don't even have to pray that kind of prayer today because each when we understand our righteousness, we manifest this glory. We manifest his presence. I mean, if we understand what I'm going to talk about this morning, even the present situation in our country, we need not to fear. Pastor King led us earlier on in the, in the prayer. We control things here. And we must understand it. And you know, sometimes we pray, uh, mm, God intervene. No, God is waiting for us to make a decree. The heavens, the heavens belong to God. God respects boundaries. He said, but the heart he has given to the sons of men. So God wants us to exercise the authority that he has given us here. That's why Jesus, when he started this subject of prayer, he said, when you pray, you pray that his kingdom come, his will be done in our lives. So we can control things. We can have an atmosphere that controls things. We can legalize righteousness. We can legalize joy. We can legalize peace by our disposition. But when we are not sure of that place of personal fellowship with him, that's why things don't go the way we want them. The first thing that you and I must learn to do is that when life throws up its stops, we must learn to take refuge in that secret place. Can I have an amen this morning? So Moses said, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Show me your way. It's different from the art. A lot of people also don't develop their personal relationship. They just focus on the art. So even while they come into that place of prayer, into that place, it's full of just asking, God bless me. God increase me. God promote me. In his mercy, he does that. But there is the way of God. The way that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the way of God. The way that you live life, not just for yourself, not just to meet your own need, but to meet the need of a whole generation. The Bible says God sent a word to a single man, and that will light up a whole nation. Our life is a blessing. That's why we are still alive and well. Our life is a blessing in our city. So whatever it is that we see in the natural has a spiritual origin and we can control things here 
We can take charge in our businesses. We can take charge in, in our family life. We can take charge in our city, in our town, in our villages, in our nation. Why? God is not going to come down. You know, we pray that prayer. It's like a religious thing. God, come down. God, intervene. God, mm -mm. there is a thing we can move. When we understand this in the place of fellowship, we can move the hand of the one who rules the whole world. Can I have an amen this morning? So Moses made that prayer in verse 12. He said, see, you said to me, bring up these people that you may, you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I have known you by name. And the question this morning, I asked myself while I was reading it, does God know me by name? How do you know someone by their names? It's by fellowship. Do I have in enough time of fellowship with him that he can call me Ayo? Or another thing, he can call you my son. Another level of fellowship, he can also call you his friend. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. The interesting thing, you need not to be afraid. Jesus had made all things possible for us. It's us that we need to praise him. He said, draw near to me and then I will draw near to you. Praise the Lord. I said, praise I may know him. I may know him. Everything here is temporary. The most important thing is to know him. The most important thing is to put premium on that relationship. Every other thing will come into place. Jesus, there is a dimension of asking that when we find ourselves in that frequency, our lives become blessed and then he uses us as a source of blessing to other people. Can I have an essence? We go with you. And I will give you rest. Last week, we emphasized that. That presence, what he does is that he gives us rest. He gives us rest. When we, are, we know this presence, when we manifest it, the first thing you notice around your life is that there is peace. There is peace because when there is peace, it can give you express instructions as to what to do. Praise God. I don't know how many of us have heard it from the mouth of the Lord. It says, my daughter, my son, I am pleased with you. Oh, my daughter, my son, I love you. Say how? He said, he has loved you with an everlasting life. Have you heard it? I hear it. I mean, you can, and I know that many people also hear it. And when God says he's pleased with me, it doesn't matter the appraiser of the world. That's, that's the way it is. I understand my righteousness in him. When God says he's pleased with you in your family, it doesn't matter what every other person, every one of us feel. When God says he's pleased with your pace or progress in life, it doesn't matter what other people are doing to put you under pressure. So, this morning, I just want us to also understand it. There is what is called the manifest presence of God. It's glorious when a child of God can carry that presence everywhere they go. It is, it is, um, I don't know how best to explain this, but it is so refreshing. It's like you walk through the desert place and suddenly you came across uh, that oasis where the water is cold. 
It's just very refreshing. There's nothing that can compare to it. It is experiential. So this morning, I just want to say to us that God's presence, number one, is everywhere, but is not fully active everywhere. It is everywhere. Before we got here, his presence is here. But there's something that we did to stir up this manifest presence. This is just an ordinary building. That you can take it as an ordinary building. That's why where believers gather, two or three are gathered in his name. There he is. He manifests his presence among them. If they are in unison of the spirit. So God's presence is everywhere. But it's just not fully active everywhere. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10? His presence. His presence. That's what we need. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. Somebody say, oh, if I say God's presence is everywhere. Is he in the club? Sovereign presence is there, but he can't manifest himself in the club. And I have an amen this morning. As you can see, it, even in hell is there. We? Sovereign presence. But look at how it manifests himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. What does he say? He said, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Holy Spirit is acknowledged as Lord, there is freedom. Can we read on the translations if you can help us quickly? He said, now the Lord is the passage. The Lord in this passage is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. So, where there is manifest presence, there is what? The freedom. Luke 5.17, talking about this manifest presence. Oh, sorry. That, let's quickly read this. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That is emancipation from bondage and freedom. We can take all that translations if you are ready for us. Any other one that you want to help us? TPT. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now the Lord, I am referring, is the, to, the, to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever He is Lord, wherever He is acknowledged. There is also one translation I'm looking for. It says, wherever He is acknowledged as Lord, there is freedom. Wherever He is acknowledged. So, the man, God's manifest presence... Is everywhere, but is not active everywhere. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is that God's manifest presence is personal. Oh, the power of the Lord is present to heal. That's Luke 5, 17. It's talking about the presence everywhere. So the power of the Lord is present to heal. Like, let me just simply, so that we can connect with it. In this room, as we are seated here, there is CNN here. There is BBC here. There is Algeria here. There is AIT here. When we put down the right equipment and we tune in the right frequency, those things are alive. It's the same thing. 
where the Holy Spirit is acknowledged. And so, it's there. It's there. And then for the believer, we are not looking for you. It's in, it's in, we are not looking for it. It's in you. So, we can stir up. And you know, David had an insight in Psalm 133. He said, how good. How good it is. How good and pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. So when the Holy Spirit is acknowledged as Lord, there is a manifest presence. Second thing that I, I was saying is that God's presence is personal. It's personal. The Bible talks about this from when God created man. Adam, Genesis 3, 8. He will always come in the cool of the day to fellowship with man. So... Until they sin, they enjoy that fellowship. And today, that fellowship has been restored. So, God's presence is personal. You have to desire it. You have to desire spiritual things. Your test board for, him to, for you to see him, you have to desire him. A lot of the time, we are giving. The natural man is giving to what we can see, what we can touch, what we can feel, what we can taste, what we can, I mean, the five senses. But there is more than six, seven senses. Is the power of the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God. How do you explain divine healing? CT scan can't capture it. X-ray machine can't capture it. But if it's in operation in a person's body, it is there. You see the symptoms and then you can't find the symptoms. You repeat it. Still, the symptom is not there. That's the sovereignty of God. The manifest presence of God. Activating and doing the work of healing in a body. Can I have an amen this morning? I just want to just increase your taste board. It's personal. It's personal. Every one of us, we must develop our intimate fellowship. Sin broke off that sense of personal presence. No. Your, your life as a believer, please understand me and understand me very well, should not just be your experiences with God, should not just be when we gather, should not just be when the praise leader or the minister leads us through worship song. It should be something that you desire, something that you carry every day of your life. And there are ways to manifest these things. What you see, what you hear, what you say, that's, that's it. Can either take, I mean, you can either manifest the presence or you can limit that manifestation. In Psalm 22, verse 3, it's abide. is an active war. You have to abide in him. You have to abide in him. One of the things that I found, music, sometimes I sleep and my music is playing and my spirit is alive. Limit the presence of God. So, God's presence is practical. We will practically peaceful. When you have manifest presence, it is peaceful. I mean, I, I've seen practically people, or they wake up with clarity. That's how God's presence is. It is peaceful. There is no anxiety. You know what John 14, 27 says? He said, John 14, 27, the manifest presence of God is peaceful. John 14, 27 Say, peace I live with you. Say, my peace I give to you. Not as the word gives, do I give it to you. Say, so let not your heart 
be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I think we need to hear that over and over, even in our own nation. Believers, through our, our confession, we are expressing anxiety, fear. But he said, peace, I live with you. My shalom, my kind of peace. And Philippians describe his kind of peace. He said, he passes all understanding. Philippians 4. He said, the peace of the Lord which passes all understanding we garrison your heart and mind together in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And the last thing today, the manifest presence of the Lord is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. It brings strength. Ephesians 3 says, you are strengthened with mind by his spirit in your inner man. So, the presence of the Lord the God's manifest presence is everywhere but not fully active everywhere except we give him room. Secondly, God's presence is personal. There is a dimension where when we gather, it is congregational. But most of the time, it's also personal. That's why Paul, we have to write, when we meet, somebody has a song, somebody has a hymn, somebody has a, a prophecy. That's how if we have individually worked on it, that's what happens when we meet or gather together as a congregation. So there is, it's personal. You have to learn to develop it. And you need it just here at this part of eternity. Because when we live here, when we translate, we will see him as he is. We are not going to be exercising any faith at that time. We will see him as he is. And But the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So we have to manifest, practice that manifest presence while we are here. Praise God. So God's presence is personal. Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God. That's my emphasis this morning. Enoch walked with God. So there is a walking with God. In Acts 10.38, it summarizes the life of Jesus, the mother that we have. He says, our God anointed. So that's what happened. The manifest presence of God becomes like a charisma, like, like, like a breath of fresh air over your life. And wherever you go, it manifests. Oppression disappears. Unfruitfulness disappears because of the manifest presence of God. So it is personal. It is practical. There's no scoopiness about it. It's not a, a thing. If God's presence is in a place, it is in a place. You feel it. You can feel it also. You can feel it naturally. You can. You can't see the presence of God, but you can feel it just like electricity. You can't say that this is, this is the current, but if you touch it, you know that the current is there. Praise God. And then God's presence is practical. God's presence is peaceful. God's presence is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. So how God anointed Osas of Lagos with the Holy Spirit and power and with power. And he went about doing good. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then he comes back for a recharge. We recall the service on Sunday or Wednesday. So our God. So there is something that flows from that place of personal relationship. It's a manifest presence of God. There is clarity. Even prayer life is taken on a new turn. Ephesians 1 becomes the prayer. 
each time we pray, it must be that the highs of our understanding will be fully flooded with his light. We know what to do. Believers are not supposed to be confused. No. When we are confused, it is time to have conversation with the headquarters. Our citizenship is in heaven. Praise God. Even though we are planted within the geographical area of Nigeria, but where we derive our citizenship is heaven. So we must learn how to contact him. And the way God has done it is that the veil of the temple has been. So there is no intermediary. That's why it is personal. You have to know God. There is, is a DY affair. You have to know God. As long as you have intermediary between yourself and the Holy Spirit or God, you will not grow effectively as a believer. Your faith will inch on other people's faith. And the danger in that is that when such faith is truncated, your own faith will become truncated. Can I have an amen this morning? So you must desire God. You must desire his presence. And there is something that happens when you are in the place of fellowship and it rubs on you. People will testify to it that something is changing about you. Why? It's the atmosphere of heaven. I mean, um, was it Jacob now? His son drew near to him. And the Bible says he smelled him. Genesis 27, 27. He said, the, the, the smell of my son has become the smell of the open feet whom the Lord God has blessed. I want that to be your testimony. I want to walk in the reality of that testimony more than ever before. And when you see that, you know that you can walk through life, face after face, chapters after chapters, in the light of his glory. Can I have an amen this morning? Can we all stand? Can we all stand? Let's do some practicals. Like I said, music helps us a lot. There's just something when people put their hands on the keyboard. Can you just talk to the Lord this morning? Let's just talk to him. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's our Adonai. He lives on the inside of you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Don't be afraid. Even when we gather like this, that we are practicing these things in, in worship during service, some people are just be looking around. No, you are not. You are not in church to or in a congregation in anywhere you find yourself to look around. No, everybody is practical. Just, just talk to your Maker in your own words this morning. Just taking, Lord, that I may know You. That's that. Let's let's pray that prayer. Uh, let's make it our prayer this morning. I want to know Him. I want to know him. I want to know him. I, I want to know his heartbeat. Yes, Lord. I want to know his heartbeat. I can't run my life alone. I can't run the church alone. So there is need to constantly depend on him. You can make that your prayer. You can't run your business alone. You can't run your family alone. You can't even run your life alone. Many people in our world will say it's their life. It's their life. It's not your life. Someone gave you the stewardship of that life. And he gave you time. He gave you, he gave you relationship. He gave you access. He gave you all the things to be able to have a good life. You can't run your life alone. You cannot run your life alone. You cannot run your home alone. You can't run your marriage alone. There are things in our world that changes the dynamic of every life. But we need the help of God. Lord, I want to be in that space 
where I hear your voice, where I do not hear your voice only, but Lord, I, my heart is filled with faith and courage to listen and then to obey your instructions. That is my prayer this morning. Father, we say thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudrata Biola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.